And uh, many of you know uh, about this organization because we talk about it frequently. But um, just to let you know, about three years ago, I think, uh, when I was working on staff for UNT Focus, uh, one of my fundraising goals was to come up with as many people who would give me money, you know, and be a part of my sport team. And so I asked my neighbors behind me, who had been long time been long time friends of ours, uh, the um, Tony and Amy, and so they supported me for a year. And I don't remember how we got talking about you guys actually, but it had been in my heart for a long time for our ministries, our college ministries, to be tied somewhere to missions. Because I know we see the campus as a mission field, but I also wanted to be tied to a mission field that wasn't right in our backyards. And, you know, our churches had done other things with, uh, you know, Guinea and West Africa and it was Sugamar in South India. But I wanted something that we could actually visit, be a part of. And uh, so somehow we got going on that conversation and they told us about Jesus Project Ministries and these two lovely ladies um, who were doing some work in New Orleans. And really the way that they described them is the way that these two ladies would describe themselves. They just sort of found a lot one day uh, in a pretty poor and challenging part of New Orleans. And now that lot is yours, right? Awesome. God provides some 10 or 11 years later, right? And just with a jump rope and two hula hoops, kind of started talking to kids. And that just sounded a lot like the heart of our ministry. We need those big organizations to go into places and really do what they do. But we also need really small niche organizations to go into places and do what they do. And so it just sounded like our heart for how to do really one-on-one type ministry. And so we took a group of about 18 or 19 that first year, three years ago, and then went back another year. And between those years, they started up an internship program. And I think maybe we've had nine or ten, I don't know, maybe that's too high, from our collective college ministries in the Dallas-Fort Worth area come and do internships with you guys over the summer. And then this last year, we had like 40 people sign up for the trip and took like 34 or 35. Um, so this just continues to be a huge blessing to us, uh, that you would invite us and accommodate all of those of us who just come and don't know what we're doing and just sort of <laughs> make more work for you and pretend like we're doing things in the meanwhile. So anyway, this is just an opportunity. They were going to be in town promoting their internship, summer internship which at some point hopefully will develop into a full-year internship. And we love internships around here. We've got all kinds of them. And so we wanted to make sure that they came and spoke to you guys about their heart for what they're doing and their experience. And, um, and so that's why we've invited them to come speak to you. And we've just told them, just talk about anything other than sex. Uh, so we've already done that. Yeah, so hopefully that doesn't ruin your notes and things like that. So come on up, and uh, I don't know which one of you or both of you. Okay, great. And do you want chairs? Are you guys fine standing? You know, you're okay with just this? It's very informal, right? Yeah. Um, okay, great. And there's, this is this little floppy uh, recorder thing that is going to record it. So I'm going to say a prayer for you guys, and then we'll move on. Lord, speak truth to us uh, through these warriors in your name and these uh, ministry, dear ministry partners of ours. Uh, I pray that you would open up our hearts to be available to hearing your call in our lives. And for those of us who you may be asking to be a part of what they're doing there or to be doing something similar up here, that we would be listening. And for those of us who may not end up there, that we would find ways that we can join you in your mission work all over our world. And I just pray uh, for power through the Holy Spirit to speak to us and uh, to really challenge our hearts and our minds. Amen. Amen. Good morning. Listen, we're so excited to be here. I'm like, I feel giddy with joy. Like, I I don't know why, but, um, you know, we're the family of God, right? We all belong to the same family, and it's amazing to go different places and uh, 
be able to, to just meet your brothers and sisters in Christ, and it just feels like, you know, we know each other, we, we share a love. Uh, I hugged somebody that I didn't even know. Uh, was it Isabel? Yeah, Isabel. She came to talk to Renee, and I just kind of stepped in and gave her a hug, and then a couple minutes later, she said, hi, I'm Isabel. And I said, no, I'm sorry. Um, so, listen, I just want to quickly tell you about uh, our ministry um, you know, you heard a little bit about uh, what Brad explained there, uh, and then Deborah's going to come up and share a word uh, with you. Um, I know, <laughs> it's mesmerizing. Um, so, um, you know, we had this little hurricane back in 2010 uh, in, in New Orleans, and uh, I actually didn't live there. I lived in Atlanta. I was working with a homeless ministry there. Uh, hated every minute of it, but that's where God had me. Uh, he was trying to teach me something about the poor. Uh, you know, it's amazing what, how many scriptures are in the Bible about the poor and his heart for the poor. Um, so anyway, long story short, hurricane hit. Uh, I just felt compelled by God to go and see if, I, if there was anything I could do to help. And so three friends and I got into a van, and we drove down. And on the way down, we didn't know anybody there. Uh, we got a phone call from somebody in Texas. Woo-woo! Texas. Oh, you guys don't do that when you're actually in Texas. Right? <laughs> when we're in New Orleans and we say Texas, like this cheer goes up like every time the word Texas comes out. So I got a little distracted. So anyway, um, so uh, we got this phone call from Texas. And uh, they, the person said, uh, there's this church that's handing out food, you know, starting relief work. This was six days after the hurricane. And uh, the, the contact person is Deborah Hoffman. And so Deborah and I met. Uh, we did hurricane relief, thousands and thousands of people and thousands and thousands of pounds of food. Uh, and, and then uh, when we would end our day of relief work, uh, I said to her one day, where's the poorest of the poor? And she said, Hollygrove. And I said, let's go. And so she had had a heart for that area because she would drive through it. Um, y'all heard of Lil Wayne? So he's from that neighborhood. So if that kind of paints a picture of what that area is like. Um, And so we just started going there, like Brad said. Kids started coming back. We took a couple balls, jump ropes, whatever we had. Uh, Neither of us have children. Uh, Deborah's married. Um, God just said go. Okay, so we showed up. About six kids showed up. Fed them hot dogs. And then it just kept growing and growing and growing and growing. And so um, part of what uh, we do is we have community outreaches now. We have an after-school program uh, where we minister to kids. We help them with homework. Uh, we have a summer camp that we do. We have uh, give backpacks, you know, and Christmas uh, toys. Uh, some of you guys have been there. Um, God has really given us favor in this community. Uh, it's predominantly African-American, a little bit Hispanic, um, but these two, uh, well, white girl and Mexican, uh, have unbelievable favor in that community to share the gospel uh, with, with that community, and we believe that it's being transformed. That lot that Brad mentioned and that lot that now belongs to us used to be, uh, you know, abandoned cars and weeds and weed Weeds and weed and uh, <laughs> drugs and drug dealers, and uh, it was just not a safe area. And, you know, we just stayed there. We stayed because God said, 
and because his favor and his grace was on our life and we're seeing we've seen that that corner transformed and we're seeing children getting saved and families and you know we have you know we this past summer we had a, a woman who brought her daughter she was completely drunk the the mom drunk out of her mind and said can I talk to you and we we talked and we prayed Renee was there uh you know we prayed with her and uh we drove her home you know uh, she ended up giving her life to the Lord, and she went on to go to rehab, took her children to rehab. The husband got saved. You know, just amazing things that we're seeing God do in that community. But you know what? It's the body of Christ. It's all of us. You know, when you guys come, you gird us up, and you help us preach the gospel to that community. And so we're just so grateful to have you guys uh, and as you know, we consider you family. We really do. We enjoy being here. We enjoy pe- being a part of your lives, and we're just so grateful to have you guys. Amen. Amen. That's Rachel, and I'm Deborah. So good morning. Good morning. And I'm going to move in here a little bit. I brought stuff. <laughs> Got my stuff. Yeah. You can't you can't go anywhere without your stuff. Okay, 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 look, good, good. So how many of you in here have been to New Orleans? Pretty good number of you, huh? Um, so I asked Kristen the other day, I said, Kristen, hey, because um, I was really wanted her to come, to, I didn't know if she, you know, she has work, and I asked her, I said, hey, Kristen, have you ever heard me preach? And she said, well, I've heard you ghetto preach. <laughs> I don't know what that means. What does that mean? Well, what that means is when you go, uh, like, to our outreaches, if, if God, you know, and, and I might be ministering, Rachel might be ministering, but I'll be like, you know, and God, my testimony, God just really, Jafori, sit down. God really touched my life. Nate, can you stop doing that? And, and, and I, I want you to understand that God can touch and change your life. Chris Klein, can you get those people? Stop shooting those firecrackers. Like that, that's kind of, um, so I'm used to you um, talking back, okay? So I would encourage you today not to shoot firecrackers, but I would encourage you today to um, talk back to me. And um, I'm kind of, I somehow got trained up in um, this way of ministering that is, like I'm kind of all over the place and I'm loud, okay? So and I will talk loud and I might talk louder, okay? So if you want to talk back, that's a good thing, but I have to tell you it encourages me. So it just goes on, all right? Now some days I get out of control, so. But um, Brad already prayed for us, but I'm just going to pray, God, that you would use me today because of me. Or in spite of me, Lord God, whatever needs to be said today to the hearts of each and every one of us, God, I pray that you would just open those um, areas of our lives where we don't understand, we're not open, God, that you would answer the questions that you need answered in our lives today, Lord God. And I just ask that you would speak so very clearly to us, and I just thank you so much for this opportunity. Lord, I thank you for your presence, Lord. I ask that you would just settle into this into this room, Lord God. Just take control of the atmosphere, precious Heavenly Father. I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. 
I might, I might have to take this coat off, okay? So, uh-oh, it's on. It's on like Donkey Kong. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, um, Brad asked us to come and speak about whatever we wanted to. And one of the things that I, I always want to make sure I do is to tell uh, you what I think God is telling me about what God wants me to tell you, okay? So I'm not going to talk about our ministry. I'm going to talk about God today, and I probably am going to speak to you in the beginning about something that you think you already know. But the amazing thing about God is that even if you know, you don't know, right? Right? Now, there's some people in here that might have walked with the Lord as long as I have, probably very few, which is amazing to me because I thought I would always be young. But what I find the most amazing is that I still get radically caught off guard by the goodness of God. I still get mesmerized by the simplest words in the Bible. I still think, what a phenomenon my life is that God could use me. And really, I have to tell you, if you look at me this morning, I'm just going to lay it out straight. If you thought, if you would have told me 15 years ago, Deb, probably what you're going to do is you're going to be pretending like you're a rapper in Holly Grove. Yeah. I would be like, no. I don't see it. I see myself in the women's ministry. But you know, um, God is so precious and God is so able. And I want to talk with you about that. You know, this morning, I think if you know me for a little while, you're going to find out that one of the most important things to me in life is joy. I love joy. I love joy and I love hope. As a matter of fact, if I would have had children, I probably would have named them Joy and Joy and Hope. Let them deal with it. In, in Romans 14, it says, it says the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. Uh, repetition is the friend of the adult learner. <laughs> so you're going to say it. Right, um, the kingdom of God, kingdom of God is, is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, it goes on to say. Um, God wants us to have joy. It's his kingdom. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. All right? So really living in the kingdom of God is a place of living in joy. Sorry for the bad news. Sorry that for the rest of your life as you serve God, you will have to have joy. But that's part of it. When you pray... um, Father, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done in my life. Don't be surprised if you find joy coming right on up in there. Amen? Amen. Like we get an idea. I am, we get the idea that there is, like Brad was talking about, there is suffering in the, in the kingdom. There is suffering. God, Jesus suffered. There is suffering. But joy is a major attribute that God uses. God uses joy to keep us propelled. 
Joy compels us to stay in the mission place. As a matter of fact, I'm going to tell you, you can only be a Christian and walk with God because of joy. Now, this may seem strange to you, but it is in fact true. And the reason that it's true is because if you're not joyful in the kingdom of God, something else will try to take the place of God. You'll substitute something else. And I'm going to tell you, if you're not really doing what God wants you to do, eventually, I hate to break it to you, if you're doing something other than God, what God wants you to do, you won't have that joy. And if you don't have that joy, you're eventually going to go back into sin. It's as clear as that. Because you can't compel yourself to live a life of holiness without the power of God. And part of living a holy, and you know, we were made to be happy. We were made to be joyful. God equipped us with these emotions inside of us. Because he, he is a good, good father. That's who he is. I like that song. I know. <laughs> I know. Don't you love that? Yeah. Don't you love that? Now listen. Right now you may be thinking in your life, it's so good that she's up there saying joy over and over again. And I don't have it. And I don't know why I don't have it. Well, let me suggest to you that there may be some very uh, specific reasons that you don't have joy. And maybe we can let the Holy Spirit tinker in those areas and maybe kind of refine those areas. One of the reasons that people don't have joy is they're looking too far down the road. When I get, when that happens, when so-and-so, if I, when I start my, when I finally... All of those words... They put you in another place. They put you in another time. They don't put you in the present, like Brad was talking about, being present. Kristen was talking yesterday about the Native Americans and how they have no sense of time. And if you say what time it is, they say it's now. And that's all it ever is, is now. And that's one of the reasons we don't have joy in our own lives is because we're looking somewhere else. Another reason may be that you're focusing, of course, on your vocation. What will I be when I grow up? Well, let me tell you, you're probably not going to be what you think you're going to be when you grow up. I hate to tell you, first of all, you are grown up. (laughs) And secondly, there are not many of us that ever turn out when we're, say, 50-something, the way we thought we would when we were, say, 20-something, okay? So seeking your vocation instead of your calling and your gifts in God, will have you go the wrong way and steal your joy. All right? So really, I want you to understand that God wants you to know what he made you to do. God is not mysterious, although God is a mystery. And that's a mystery, what I just said. He's not mysterious, but he's a mystery, but he's not a mystery, and you can know the secret things, and that's our promise. Um, and he wants to pull you into that knowledge. He wants you to understand the gifts that are inside of you. He wants, but here's the thing. You don't know the gifts that are inside of you. Now, some of you might be saying, I kind of know my gifts. 
Well, you might, but you probably don't even know what you like. Now you're, I know, I know, you're saying, I know what I like. I know what I like. I know what I don't like, and I know what I like. Well, let me give you a little story. When I first met Kristen, she came to intern for us, and, um, you know, in that beginning, we're all trying to figure out each other, who, like, what are we doing, and so um, when we were all trying to eat, and um, so one of the things that we found out is that Kristen really likes American food, and she could do without most other kinds of food, she says. <laughs> That's my vernacular, not hers, okay? And I found that that was really challenging because if you come to New Orleans, you're going to find that the one thing you really can't find is American food. I mean, that's really hard to find. Like, oh, hey, let's go get barbecue. And I'm like, we don't have like barbecue. We don't have <laughs> so I, um, I thought, Kristen's studying literature. And I said, Kristen, you're, you're, studying, you're studying literature. And someone that's studying literature cannot eat just white bread. I mean, you can't be doing that. So little by little, we started taking Kristen to different places, to the Mediterranean restaurant, to the Asian restaurant, which she disavowed early on in her life. And then um, we took her here and we took her there. And um, as a matter of fact, I think I even have a picture of Kristen right here eating crawfish. Look at that. Yeah. See, but Kristen had disqualified herself from a lot of things. A lot of things that she really enjoyed. A lot of things that really bring her joy in life. All because she thought she didn't like them. But the interesting thing is that God knew that she liked him. And God actually started pulling her in. With something as simple as food. You know, that's one of the best things God did for us. I sometimes marvel. I'm like, you know, we could just be eating like glom. You know? <laughs> like all we could have, we could have breakfast, lunch, and dinner. What's for breakfast? Glom. <laughs> What's for lunch? Glom. And it would, you know, it probably would be gray. And it could be just, has anybody eaten poi? Boy, boy, the thing that the um, the Hawaiians eat, yeah. See, that is really close to glom. It doesn't really have a flavor. It's not really good, but apparently, it's a, some kind of nutrient that really helps sustain you. But for, and God, in His goodness, decided that we could eat food that tastes good. Amen. 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 So, so God knew that Kristen did not want to eat glom for the rest of her life, and so he started pulling her out. How do you spell glom? Uh, you, just, you, you just spell that? That's serious. It probably starts P-S-T-G-L. I am really a bad speller, but I would think G-L-O-O-M or G-L-U-M. What do you think? G-L-U-M. It's a definitive. It's a definitive. Yeah, it might be like flan. I just made it up, so I don't know. I just made it up. So anyway, one of the things that I find most interesting with that is that 
as Kristen really opened herself up for the summer internship, <coughs> shameless plug, um, <laughs> to pursue God, God met her with something as simple as, here's something you can enjoy. You didn't even know you liked this, but I knew you would like this. And so when I tell you that you probably don't know what you like, you know, when you do what God wants you to do, you will like it. You will really, really like it. But that's okay. You have a Holy Spirit in you that's there to lead you and guide you and bring you to the point where you're not eating glom, where you understand what He wants for your life. See, we have gifts and talents. The Bible is quite clear. It says we have gifts and talents in us. Severally. That means that we have more than one. Some of us have a lot of gifts and talents. Some of us have a few gifts and talents. Um, But we all have some that God has given us. And if we're not doing those, we we won't feel that joy. So I... And God doesn't want you to go through a series of trying things on. Like this morning when I was trying to pick jeans and a shirt. (laughs) Really exciting. I I have a suitcase actually the size of a casket. (laughs) And I tried everything on and came out with this. (laughs) That's not how God wants you to roll. Alexis came with four things. She knew exactly what she was wearing today. You know, she had it. God wants you to understand the gifts and talents in your life, okay? He is not a mystery. What you're going to do with God, you may not see it all unfolded in front of you at one time, but God wants to make it very apparent to you. And one of the things that I want to really focus on this morning is this, this, these series of scriptures in Colossians, um, Colossians 2, 9, and 10 specifically. Let me see your iPhones when you get there. Colossians, oh my gosh, I see a paper Bible. Okay, Colossians 2, 9, and 10. I know, we have to get it. Oh, there's that sound that we love. We brought our Bibles today. All right. As you get there, um, Paul has a dissertation or a thesis. I want to try to use some college words. Um, in, two, in the chapter 1 and 2, where he talks about um, the idea of Christ being in us. And he talks about the Gentiles and that this is going to be the full riches of glory is Christ in us. And then he goes on here in Colossians 2.9. One of the things that I don't do well at all is to read out loud. So I'm going to try to read it out loud. I was envious of, um, yeah, you can read it out loud. Um, I was envious of Brad because he's just like reading Bonhoeffer. And I'm like, whew. Okay, so Kristen's going to read 9 and 10. And then I'm going to talk about it. For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And you have been given fullness in Christ, who is the head over every power and authority. Okay, read it one more time. For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And you have been given fullness in Christ, who is the head over every power and authority. Okay, now I, I might have the only one that has this kind of brain. But I sometimes have to hear things. I'm an adult learner. I'm an adult learner. So let's all read it out loud. 
together right now, kind of slow. Kristen, lead us. For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, and you have been given fullness in Christ, who is the head over every power and authority. Now, let's break it down a little bit. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives bodily. Now, this word fullness right there, I have to find my space in this note. So apparently, uh-oh, uh-oh, going to have to remember it from my head. All right, well, I've got it in my head. Don't you worry about it. I can't figure it out. All right, I've got it in my head. So here we go. But I do need to read these words right here. Okay, so this fullness right here, fullness right there, is the word pleroma in Greek. Um, I think that phonetically spelled, it's P-L-A-Y-R-O-M-A-H. And that word right there means God's completeness. For in Christ, all the full capacity, the maximum existence of the deity lives in bodily form. That's a noun right there. It's describing that that it's always been that way. It's always been God on steroids. Like the full amount of godness lives in Christ in bodily form. And you have been given, verb, (coughs) pleru, phonetically, P-L-A-R-O-O. You have been given. You have been made complete. You have been brought up to level. You had a deficit of godliness and you have been brought up to fullness in Christ. So this really reads, for in Christ the full capacity of the deity of the God that we love and serve lives in bodily form, and you have been brought up to that full capacity Lacking nothing, having the entire uh, fullness of the Godhead in you. We'll cook your noodle if you meditate on that for a moment. Now, listen, when we get the capacity of Christ, the maximum capacity of Christ, what we actually get is the Holy Spirit, right? Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Christ. So we get Holy Spirit in us. Now, the Holy Spirit is not like the humanist thing. You know, he's not not here. Holy Spirit is not a system of morals or things like the Confucius people think. Not like the Jews saw, which were a system of ceremonies and cleansings and washings 
Not like the Greeks, logic, form, function. Holy Spirit, Mr. Holy Spirit, first name Holy, last name Spirit, is a person. Yeah. And that's in you. Christ in you. The hope of glory. Now, if this is you, and this is God, the Greeks had this idea right here. The orange symbolizes nothing other than you can see it. Okay? They had the idea that mankind could work and work and work and work to ascend to the gods. And the gods would lean over a little bit, lean over a little bit, but really there would never be a time when the man could touch the God. There would never be a coming together like that. And the Jews, they kind of have this idea. God, man, occasionally they touch. Occasionally God visits them. But you and I, who have been made in the likeness of God, and when we got born again, God recreated us a spirit man and he made us a container so that we have Christ in us. We were made to fit the fullness of the Godhead bodily, lacking nothing. Holy Spirit, in you. Holy Spirit in the room, yes. But Holy Spirit in you. Now, the same Holy Spirit that's in me is in you. The same Holy Spirit that sends people to the mission fields in Africa the same Holy Spirit that makes me make sandwiches every day of my life for four children in Holly Grove lives in you. As a matter of fact, Christ in you. As a matter of fact, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead is in you. And that same Holy Spirit wants you to know Him. He wants you to have a personal relationship. Now when you talk to a human, you talk to them. So when you talk to the person of the Holy Spirit, let's actually try talking. You can talk to God. Like I talk to God like this. Like, God, help me pick something to wear. <laughs> and he does. He does. He really does. And I and I, I ask the Holy Spirit, God, help me stop. 
stop it. Stop it right now. And then, and then, and then sometimes I just say, Holy Spirit, you know, help me understand. But well, I'm an accountant by trade. You know, I'm a classically trained accountant. I can debit and credit with the best of them. <laughs> That's right. You want to talk journal entries? I'm your girl. <laughs> Listen, I did journal entries until I wanted to vomit. I did my vocation inside of the church for years. And suddenly, God said, What are you doing? I didn't make you to debit and credits. I didn't make you contraindicated in fancy accounting terms. I made you to play basketball. (laughs) (laughs) I laughed too. (laughs) You know, look, in the summer... I. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's, I didn't do it too much last summer because I had an injury. Yeah, I know the fruit of the spirit. You know, and I have, I have sovereign joy. I have so much joy. I have so much fun with my life. I mean, I am giddy with like Rachel. This morning I got up. I get every day. Yesterday I was so excited. I I pretended like I was a college student when I was on UTA. I I mean, I got a backpack on. You know, like I have a ball being used by God. I do. I really do. And I have joy. I enjoy. Now, listen, I'm going to tell you, there are bad, there are hard days. Look, there are hard days. Uh, you know, and I can tell you some stories. Uh, you know, like my friend Travis. Uh, Terrence, I mean. Terrence is a young man. He's about, many of you may know Terrence. He's just turned 16. We met him. We met his mom a few years ago. And um, he was struggling. He has, uh, you know, some learning disabilities. He has behavior problems. He was all over the place. And um, one day Terrence stopped in and he just said to us, my dad died today. And I'm just like, you know, just so casual, like, you know, can I get a peanut butter sandwich and my dad died? And I'm just like, what? You know, so his dad was in his life and he was a working man. He died of a heart attack. A few months later, I hear that his mom is really, really sick. Nigh unto death, as they say. And as a matter of fact, we went and visited Val the day before she died. And so I thought, good Lord. Travis, you've lost your dad this year, and you've lost your mom this year, and uh, I just can't stand that for you. So Rach and I go to the funeral. We're sitting in the funeral, and the girl gets up, and she says, Terrence's dad, um, Terrence's grandfather died this morning. I'm going to enter into the suffering with Terrence. What can I do? But you know, that's what God has equipped me for. I have that inside of me somewhere. Somewhere inside of me, I I know that God has inside of me the capacity to meet what Terrence needs. I don't have the capacity. Because I'm really, quite frankly, somewhat in disbelief and maybe a T90 bit, yes, agitated, that this is happening to Terrence. Because I love Terrence with a supernatural love. It's hard. But listen, I have the joy inside of me as well. Because I have this. I have my other favorite daughter's name, sons as well. I have hope. 
I have joy, and I have hope. I have hope for Terrence, and I'm in that neighborhood because of Terrence. I have hope, and I have joy, and I am there with the power of Christ in me, the very God of the Godhead inside of me, because that's what will help Terrence. Because Deborah Hoffman will not be helpful. Deborah Hoffman is MS. But Holy Spirit, maximum capacity is in me, and I can meet that need through him, through Christ. You know, when you get to be as old as Brad, (laughs) you really want to see young people come to understand all the attributes that God has in them. And that's how I live every day of my life. Like I face these young kids that are struggling with all the things that you may be struggling with as you were coming up. And all we really want to do is to see you be all that you can be in the kingdom of God. And I want you to understand that it's inside of you already. Okay? Listen, right now, inside of you is the Holy Spirit. The maximum capacity of the fullness of the Godhead. That's what you have access to. Yeah, you may have problems. One of my favorite things about Jesus is if you read his lineage, absolutely every despicable human thing that could be done to another human is in his lineage. There were prostitutes and harlots and incest and rape and, you know, just a whole list of things. But God wants us to live in the spirit realm. God does not want us to live in the natural. God is supernatural. God's hanging out is in the spirit. When you hang with God, you're hanging in the spirit. He'll talk to you in the natural because he will, but God really wants to communicate with you on a higher level, on that spirit realm. And you know where that is? That's inside. That's inside. You can't Google God. I mean, you can, but... (laughs) But look, that is a relationship with a human, not a human... It's a relationship, human-like, because we're made in his image. Like God is in you. You know, don't go to your Korfa until you've gone to God. (laughs) You can ask, but don't expect to get a God answer from a machine, right? Right? Siri might not understand. I want you just for a second right now, if you will take a moment, I want you um, to close your eyes. Now, nothing is going to happen to you. I'm not going to hypnotize you. (laughs) I want you to close your eyes. And for just a minute, I want you to think on God. I want you to think about a good, good father. That's who he is. And I want you to just press in in your own mind. I just want you to say things of worship and adoration to God in your heart. You can say them out loud. I'm Pentecostal. We might even Shandai. Um, I I want you to lift up God and so I'm going to tell you I don't want you if you can block me out and listen to God at the same time I want you to hear kind of how my life my prayer might be God I just thank you for who you are 
Lord, I just thank you and I exalt you. You're the King of glory, Lord. Father, you you loved us so very much that you sent your only begotten Son, Lord God, that that we could know you, that we could be in you, Lord God, that we could have access to all of the heavens and the universe, Lord God. I just ask, Lord God, that you just would pour out on me right now, Lord, that you would open my heart and my mind and my understanding, Lord, to you. God, you're, you're an amazing Father. You love me with an everlasting love. Just listen to him for a second. There's a peace that comes with that joy. And you can feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. And if you ever think there's not a God, you need to stop yourself for a moment. And you need to settle into this place where there is a God. And you need to go before uh, the throne and say, I don't believe. Help my unbelief. I'm struggling. This presence, this peace is available to us all. I'm just going to ask Renee to quickly share a testimony, something that God has put on her heart, and then I'm going to talk to you for just another minute, okay? Uh, Deborah asked me to talk about um, my small experience, not small, but a little small tidbit of my experience with just what she's talking about, Um, really walking out the life that God has for me and for all of us. And the thing that uh, just kept coming to my mind is that whenever I go to God, and and initially in this season of like eye-opening of the fullness of Christ and what that means, I never have been disappointed. I never have gone to God and sought Him in His presence and had a sense of lacking. There's always been an abundance. And I think that's a lot of how um, we can experience the fullness is that we have a choice. We have a choice to seek the Lord. We have a choice to press into Him. And I think a lot in our society, we use the word happy and joy kind of together and mixed. Um, But I think that when I have pressed into the Lord and I've chosen um, to acknowledge the Holy Spirit and and what that actually means, that he lives and resides in me and is around us and with us and blowing with us, there is a a sense of completeness that is really indescribable. I think Deborah has done such an incredible job speaking of it, but it doesn't even touch the surface. Um, of what is available that we get to experience with God. Um, but, yeah, I think that's great. <laughs> and she's going to, um, I think, enter into a time of pressing into the Lord. But. The first thing that I wanted to ask you is, if you all in here, thanks, Renee. When I talk about you having a God-sized container... This relationship right here starts with understanding that Jesus is the Son of God and that He died and made a way for us to have 
access to our Heavenly Father. See, a sinful, a sinless God can't exist in a nasty container. So he just makes a new container. He makes a new container that he can dwell in and puts himself inside of us. So, and then you can have access to the Godhead all of the time, 24-7. Like, it says you're seated in heavenly places. You have the Holy Spirit. You have access not only to the Holy Spirit, but you can have access to Father God and your big brother Jesus. You have them all, and they have distinct personalities. But every day of your life, you should be talking to the Holy Spirit. I'm really asking you to pray. That's what I'm really asking you to do. Now, prayer doesn't look like the same thing for you because you don't talk the way I talk. You don't understand the way I understand. You don't have the life experiences that I have. I don't have the life experiences that you have. So how you talk to God is going to be the way you talk. And it should be like a continual conversation. It's not a special time that you set aside. Now I'm talking to God. And there should be that too. But like there's a relationship like ongoing. I, I get up and say, good morning, Holy Spirit. Yeah. <clears throat> and he's been watching me sleep all night. He doesn't sleep. He just sits there. <laughs> Watches me. Gives me comfort. Gives me a lot of comfort. So if you haven't made that decision, if you haven't committed and asked God to make you a new creation, that's step number one. That's surrender. And ask, ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart and make you a new creation. And step number two is maybe just to be level-headed with God and say, I don't think I know everything about me. And I might like to learn a few more things about who I am and who you made me be. And don't expect him to give you all the directions at one time. I mean, we're all used to um, Google Maps, and so we get the big directions, right? We're like, we're going to go from here to Dallas. We know. We kind of have a direction, but we don't. We get turn-by-turn, right? We get turn-by-turn directions, which is kind of what you need in life, right? You don't really need to know all of them. You need turn-by-turn. And that's really what God wants to give you is turn-by-turn. And sometimes he likes to leave it a mystery. Yeah, that's true, because he likes to play hide-and-seek. You know, he's a God of fun and humor and things like that. God tells me jokes. I just want you to know God has a sense of humor and he tells me jokes. And they're funnier than any joke that you will ever hear. But they don't make sense to you. But they, he, makes me, he makes me laugh. But so if you um, maybe have never accepted God, Jesus Christ, as your first Lord and Savior, that's going to be step number one. And then step number two is, um, you know, we did a couple of songs of worship today, but I want to encourage you to really get with God and press past. Just stay in that worship mode and continue to press into God. That's a word that we use, like where you just, you, the longer you sing, really, the less you become aware of people around you and the more focused you get um, on God. It's interesting, you know, how binoculars, if you turn them the wrong way, if you turn them the right way, things get closer. If you turn them the wrong way, things get further away. So worship has a way of flipping the binoculars and God comes near. So I really want you to just continue to push into God. And if we could just get um, you to just come up and play something. Um, and I don't know how, how you normally um, 
go in this service, and so I'm taking some um, liberty. Yes, Miss Ann Haven? Um, so I, as you've been talking, uh-huh. I've had this, like, thought that I really want to share. Yes. And I feel really vulnerable um, sharing this with you guys, but I'm going to do it because I'm feeling God you. Amen. Talk about and pray about that will help you with that. You know, God is God is sitting there watching me sleep, and He's watching Ann Haven sleep as well. But you know, God has God has very specific tools in His arsenal that we can use for that. So that's awesome. Anybody else have that situation, anxiety that you want to put your hand up? Okay, okay. All right. Now, um, Brad, this will either be a time that Brad says, okay, Deborah can come back and preach again, or this will be our last time. So. <laughs> I, um, I really want to have the opportunity to not only pray about that, um, and we have, you know, people that we trust, and I'm sure you trust them too because they're your leaders um, here. And Brad, any of your leaders that you'd like to be part of this, that's great, but I specifically want um, our interns to come and pray with people. Um, you can stay where you are, or you can come up here as we play, but um, is there anybody that would be brave enough to say um, to say that I really haven't asked God into my life? I've really kept Him at a distance. I've asked Him, I keep Him at a periphery, and sampling. 
Well, if your heart is booming inside of you right now, that's you, okay? And you can stay right where you are, um, but if your heart is like, womb, 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 I hope she doesn't look at me and see that it's me, <laughs> I can see you. No, I can't. <laughs> but God can, and he's right fine with where you are. And he wants you to have a time and where you just do that. You, you ask him. You pray with him and say, uh, you know, I really want you in my life. I want more of you and less of me. I want the joy of the Holy Spirit. I want righteousness, peace, and joy. You understand that number two word right there? Peace, peace. That doesn't mean that things go the way you think they're going to go. It means that you're peaceful in the things that you're going through. Amen. So let's just, if you can, and we, if we can pray with anything, if you can just sing one song, we'll stand together, and then if you want prayer, either come up here or, um, or, or raise your hand and we'll come to you. Okay, so everybody stand up corporately. Try not to move around too, too much. And then, um, look, I don't know if you regularly have a dismissal, um, but if you're finished, uh, then you're finished, okay? Uh, I just ask for you to just take a minute and let God settle in on you. Uh, let Him fill you up. Let Him lock this in so that the, you know, the Word doesn't get stolen away from you like that. And then if you need prayer, we'd love to come and pray with you, okay? All right? All right, let's sing something worshiping. <laughs> Thanks for joining us for our sermon podcast. We would love for you to join us on Sunday morning or in one of our small groups during the week. And you can get more information about that at DentonNorthChurch.com.